Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm George from NBI Hockey. And I'm Broly from Broly Talks Hockey. And welcome back to Odd Man Rush. This is our second episode? Yeah, yeah technically. Um, yeah. And today we're going to be covering the uh, Metropolitan Division, similar to what we did with the Atlantic, where we're going to go through each team, talk a little bit about, about them, give you our predictions for the standings, and yeah, should be pretty pretty straightforward if you want to listen to the last one we did the atlantic and it was for the most part pretty straightforward i don't think we disagreed too much but we'll see if this division is different yeah i think uh, i think it'll be a little bit like i feel like the, the first and last will both have the exact same and like that's yeah really like anything else is basically a flip i think me and you might have the same second place but we'll see it's possible we'll see um so yeah, let's get into it. Um, first of all, we're, we're going to go alphabetical like we did uh, last time. So let's begin with uh, Carolina. So Carolina this year had a very interesting offseason. They added Max Pacioretty, Andre Cauchy, uh, Ryan Dezingle, Brent Burns, and Paul Stassi. And they lost Vincent Trocek, Nito Niederreiter, Tony D'Angelo, Derek Stepan, Ian Cole, Max Domi, and Brandon Smith. So where are you at on Carolina? And of course, Pacioretty um, is going to miss... A significant part. I think it's six months that he's out. Yeah, yeah. Remember correctly, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a while. But yeah, yeah. I I definitely I definitely think that Niederreiter is like a pretty. I wouldn't say it's a massive loss for this team because you did just get Pacioretty. But I always have been a fan of Niederreiter's game. Like he can he can score goals and he plays very well defensively. And I think like he'll play very well in Nashville. But that's that's for another episode. But yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really do like Carolina. I like their their top six is pretty good, and I think it it should hold well until Pacioretty can come in because you've got Stastny who can step in as second line center for a while. Nikas can play second line, and all the rest of those guys are basically top line guys in their top six. So I really like that. And their bottom six is there's definitely a lot of depth, which is which is good. But the real, like, my favorite part about this team, actually, my favorite part is probably the goaltending, Anderson and Ranta. Like, the ability that they just took two, like, because at the time, it was kind of gambles on these guys. Like, nobody, everybody was kind of clowning on the Canes for signing Anderson and Ranta. Like, I, I don't think I remember anybody, like, thinking that was a good idea. But it worked out pretty well for them. And their defense is very good, too. Like, they got... Their third line defenseman right now, Dylan Cole. I'm probably going to pronounce that wrong. They got him for free as well as Pacioretty, but like, if you can add that much for basically nothing, like that's pretty good. Uh, Ethan Bear is is a top four defenseman on most teams, but he'll play very well there. And yeah, Brent Burns is new. Definitely think he, I think he'll play well with Slavin, and I just like. Pesci and the other guys on the team. So yeah, I'm very high on Carolina and I think they're going to have no problem finishing first in the division. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Um, their top four on their back end is, is really good. Um, I think Brent Burns still has a lot left in him, uh, especially not having to be the guy. Like He's probably the third best defenseman on this team. Um, if I had to rank them behind Pesci and, and Slavin. Um and even that, you know, whatever, depending on what you like. Obviously, he's probably the most offensive, gift, offensively gifted of the of the three. But 
overall wise. Um, they can basically run him as like a fourth forward too because of uh, Slavin's defensive ability. So yeah, that's going to give him a lot of like dynamic, um, like usefulness in the offensive zone. Almost like a kid, like they could. I don't want to make this comparison because I don't think it's fair. But they can run him kind of like almost how Colorado runs McCarr, um, mm-hmm. where they basically use him as a fourth forward. Obviously, like Brent Burns is nowhere near Kale McCarr talent wise, but right, um, like systematically, they can use him the same way. Um, and that's something that this team really like. It's they had that a little bit with D'Angelo, but I think Burns like ba- just purely based on the fact that he actually was a forward at one point in his NHL, in his NHL career. Um, gives them a, a different kind of skill set, um, especially without Patchetti too. I think that'll be something that we see them do um, quite a bit is kind of activate Brent Burns in the offensive play. Um, but yeah, I mean, forward-wise, I really like their center core. I think Paul Stassman was a perfect fit for this team. Um, he really was like a top six center. Uh, like he still has that kind of skill set and getting him for like nothing was kind of surprising, honestly. I thought he was going to get like yeah. a bit more interest, but like he was really good in Winnipeg last year. Uh, Very good. Um, and obviously, I mean, like for me, the X factor on this team is just very Kakanyemi. If he can find that game that they paid him to be, um, the, this this team could be like ridiculous. Even if he's like a good like like fifty point guy, um, just having that secondary scoring would be like insane for this team uh, at full strength. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat though. I've I've Carolina winning this division, as yeah. most people will. Uh, I think so. I think, yeah, I don't think that's really a hot take, but yeah, the no. Carolina Hurricanes I think are I think pretty well in every facet of this. Like, or are either the best or one of the best teams in this division, like everywhere, yeah. including coaching and everything. Like, it's just they're it, it's really really impressive what what they've been able to do. Yeah, I. What, as you were saying before about comparing it to how they play McCarr with Burns, I was going to say it just reminds me of Bufflin Enstrom. Like in prime yeah, Bufflin Enstrom days, like Enstrom was a stay at home defenseman and Bufflin could just join the rush and play as essentially a fourth forward, like that option, the offensive option always. I think that would be good for Carolina. Yeah, that's probably a more fair uh, comparison, honestly, because Bufflin, the same thing, had that forward where he played forward, forward earlier yeah. in his career. Yeah, yeah, no, I think like they're gonna be really, really fun to watch. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, all right, so let's jump to uh, the hottest free agent destination in the NHL, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who out of nowhere signed Johnny Goudreau and obviously Eric Gabranson, who maybe had to be signed in order to to bring Goudreau in, but we're not gonna get into that. Um, anyway, they lose Gabriel Carlson. And they give away all over Bjorkstrand um, in free agency. So really a mixed bag of positive and negative moves. I mean, obviously, I love the Goudreau signing. Um, but losing Bjorkstrand and bringing in uh, Gabranson really, really take away a lot of the benefits of, of bringing Goudreau. But uh, what do you think of, of Columbus right now? I, I do like Columbus, but I, I still don't think they're ready for contention yet. Like that center core is... Is pretty bad. It's like not good. <laughs> it is not great. You've got like I'd I'd be confident to say, other than Cole Sillinger, because I think he has a lot of potential, and maybe Rosslevic. You have four third line centers on yeah. your team right now, like, 
sure Gaudreau and Line A will put up points, but I, I just don't I, I don't have much confidence in this team. And they're a young team. They'll score a lot and they'll get scored on a lot. But I think they'll be they'll be fun to watch. Like the, the it'll def I I cannot deny you've got Kent Johnson too, Voracek, uh Nyquist can like you got a lot of good scorers on this team, but the the defensive side of the game is just something that's really lacking on this team. I'd say their best defensive player, like in their own end, would be Vladislav Gavrikov, and that is not a good thing. <laughs> like that yeah. is brutal. And that defense score isn't even that good. Like, I I don't know why. I've never really been a fan of Andrew Peak, and I don't know why he's always playing with Orensky. Well, because Seth Jones isn't there anymore. Yeah, I guess. But so, is Andrew Peak better than Seth Jones? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I to say? For that, for <laughs> that price, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and... Um... Oh... Eric Goodbranson, four by four. Like I would, this is my gonna be my hot take of the podcast episode today. I would rather have not signed Goudreau and then not signed Goodbranson than lose Bjorkstrand. Like I would rather just go back and then sign some cheap defenseman. That's my hot take. It would be better for Columbus um, to keep Bjorkstrand. I'm kind of there. Um... A bit. I don't think I'd go that far. I think Goudreau is going to bring enough offensive upside to, like that that Bjorkstrand couldn't. Um, yeah. I definitely would have rather them give up a pick to move like Nyquist instead. Yeah, or <laughs> if that even was the, especially check. like <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, though, I mean, they hit twice in the first round this year um, defensively. So I don't know if like giving up a first this year would have helped, especially Matejcik, who I love. Um, oh yeah. I definitely wouldn't have given up him uh, to do a salary dump. So it's weird. And I mean, I don't love giving up a first round pick next year because I don't think this team can be very good. Well, not very good, but I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, So, yeah, where I'm at on Columbus is like they're it's very much where New Jersey was. I think they're like a year back of where the Devils were last year. But like the same idea where they're going to go get their big name guy. Right before it's like they the Dougie Hamilton signing. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's basically what it is. Um, like Columbus is going to be like ridiculous in like three years if they can find themselves like a solid goalie, because their blue line is going to be unreal. Um, with uh, with Matej, who did they get in the first round? They got um Matej Chuck, uh, and then they uh, they drafted another. They, they, they drafted a defenseman before that. Juracek, that's who it was. Yeah, that that's going to be insane. And in, I mean, Boquist yeah. is still really young. Like it's Stanislav Sposal. He's he's yeah, there it's too. Gonna, it's gonna be ridiculous. Um, like that's that that could easily be like the best defensive core in the NHL in like five years. Yeah, um, it reminds me of the Ducks a couple of years ago, like when there was so many highly touted prospects on yeah. that blue line. But hopefully they pan yeah. out better than the Ducks did. Yeah, I mean even Colorado too, right? Like with where they had like McCarr, right. Byram, um. Timmins, I yeah, they had Timmins too. Timmins, yeah. Um, it, it's the same kind of idea. Um, obviously, like I don't think they have the, the Kale McCarr like top three defensemen in that group, but I think it's gonna be stupid, stupid deep. Um, and yeah. even up front, I mean, Line is still really young. Cole Cylinder is still really young. I mean, Goudreau's gonna have like at least four or five years of being like a high, super high end elite point producer. So like, 
it, it's just it's early on this team. I think people are going to overreact because they made the big signing. Right. Um, I have, I have Columbus seventh in this division. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're that low on them, but no, I, I just, not quite. I just, I just think there there's too many good teams in this division, and they're still too they're too raw. I mean, I I think that's where New Jersey finished last year, right? It was seventh. I so think I'm so. Kinda, yeah, I'm I think they just finished with that. above the Islanders. No, they didn't. No. No, they didn't. They finished seventh. Uh, yeah, I think they finished seventh. I have at the least. Blue Jackets at sixth, but that's only because I think Merzlikens can probably steal a couple games that'll elevate them over seventh. Because I do love Merzlikens, but he's not a long-term future goalie. That's fair. Yeah, and I, I also, I, I think they will score a lot of goals this year. But I'm also scared about Goudreau in the future because I feel like a player like him is going to regress hard. Like, he's going to hit the regression curve like a wall. Like, I think yeah, he's just going to, like, fall off a cliff. Like, one season, he's just going to be bad. Like, I don't think his play style suits regression very well. But I, th- I think that's a long way down the road yet. Yeah, I think that, I think the last, like, two years, like, well, it's only a seven-year deal, so maybe the last year and a half of that deal right. isn't going to be very good. But overall, I mean, I think they're, they're going to get like four or five, like really, really good years out of them, for sure. I think, and then like at that point, who knows? I mean, the cap's going to be like two hundred million, so it won't matter anyway. But right, if you if you listen to all the rumors about how much they yeah. should have, um, <laughs> after and, McKinnon gets seventeen one next year, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, New Jersey did finish uh, seventh last year, so okay. I'm just I'm just sticking with the New Jersey comp, and I have them. That's where I have them. But again, okay. like may, maybe Merz Lincolns goes out and wins the Vesna and maybe. makes the playoffs. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't be if if the end of the year Columbus is a wild card team as like the seventh seed in the East. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like I, I could I could see a world where that happens. Right. Um, I just think there there's too much that has to go right in my mind to, to right. have that to have that happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So the New Jersey Devils who we just spent half the Columbus Blue Jackets segment talking about. Um, uh, they were busy this offseason. Uh, very, like, sneakily busy. Um, Andre Palat, Eric Howla, John Marino, Brandon Smith, and Vitek Vanacek were brought in. Um, Pavel Zaka, P.K. Subban, Ty Smith, and Jamie Kukinen, um were the major departures on this team. So the New Jersey Devils, year three under Lindy Ruff, I think, year two and a half, something like that. Yeah. Where 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 do we uh where do we see New Jersey ending up in the oh, I I wanna explain my reasoning before like as I think people will think I have them too low, New Jersey. Okay. Because I'm not the highest on New Jersey that I could be, that people <laughs> might be. Throw I, a number at me. I have New Jersey at five. Okay. So I think people might think I'm a little crazy, but I just, I think this team might struggle with a little bit of inconsistency. That's my biggest, my biggest fear or like turn turn away from this team is that I just feel like I know Dawson Mercer had a great year last year, but can he do it again? Like, it just seemed like it was a random breakout that kind of shocked me. And I'm like, okay, well, can Eric Halla, be a good secondary scorer i mean that was boston's biggest issue like is it boston that's a problem or like that's something that really needs to pan out for this team is secondary scoring because you look at the depth chart and 
I mean, I guess anything but line four looks pretty good. Actually, the depth isn't that bad, but. And then you go to the defensive end, and we were talking about the best defensive core in a couple years. This could be one of the best defensive cores right now, this team. Yeah. Like, like sneakily good. Like very quietly, yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, you're going to allow a lot of goals, so. Right. <laughs> because because their goaltending stinks. but Not because of the defensive play. Yeah. It's going to be because of the goaltending, but this defense is going to give it the best shot at not being bad. It's like reverse Winnipeg Jets. You've yeah, got ba- the Connor Hellebuck of defense, and then you've got the Tyler Myers of goaltenders in, in net right now. Pretty much. But, Actually, that's a pretty good comparison because everybody thought Blackwood was going to be rock. So I thought I, I love Blackwood. I thought he was going to be a star. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure Adam is like my third Vesna like candidate going into net last season. Like I thought he was gonna be really good. <laughs> I feel like everybody was high on him. Like and even like Jonathan Bernier, like what happened to that guy? Like where did Jonathan Bernier go? I have no clue yeah, what happened was... to Jonathan Bernier. Because he had like a crazy year in Detroit the one year. Yeah. Yeah, well, but goal in it, and he's like thirty-eight, so that probably had something to do with it. <laughs> Maybe that could probably do it. But one yeah, thing I do love about weird, this so. team is the third pair of new additions here, Smith and Marino. Like yeah. that is an amazing third pair. Like that is what you want from your third pair. Yeah. And I, that second I, pair is solid. I don't know why Cap or Daily Faceoff doesn't have Siegenthaler with Hamilton again. But They'll probably move that around. I think so. I think Siegenthaler yeah. will be playing with Hamilton again because that was a great pair last year. And Graves and Severson was good too. But Graves, yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, Damon, Damon Severson's one of my favorite players. I yeah, absolutely he's love him. so good. I yeah, sneaky good too. Like like nobody talks about Damon Severson. No. <laughs> but Ryan Graves hasn't been the same Ryan Graves he was in Colorado, so I'm hoping that can kind of bounce back a little bit. He hasn't been the same, like, extent to what he was in Colorado. Like, he was very good in Colorado. But I haven't seen that as much in New Jersey. Uh, I think it's just a full year of, like, everybody being healthy, too. Yeah. Um, would help so. that. Because, I mean, like, Hamilton had some injury problems last year. He still had a really, really productive season. He just didn't play a whole lot. Um, right. My, my big hot take with New Jersey is I think Jack Hughes finishes, like, top five in points in the NHL this year um i i think he's gonna pop i mean he was playing at like a 90 ish point pace last year he just yeah. only played like half the season um right but i mean i know people i i post um i did a uh awards predictions thing like a month mm-hmm. ago and it wasn't me but um the the uh like the other person i did the post with uh, had Jack Hughes as their dark horse hard pick, and the comments just like blew up. They're like, "What? Like Jack Hughes?" I'm like, "He played at like a 90 point pace last season. <laughs> like that's right. not an insane take. This guy's gonna have better line mates this year." And right. like, I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I think that like he's gonna be a huge piece if this team goes on a run. Um, obviously, uh, they bring in uh, Andre Palat, who. I don't think will be a top line winger as Daily Faceoff has him. Um, I think he'll kind of bounce out. The the one thing I think that this team is missing, and obviously they tried to get it with Goudreau, is that like elite productive winger 
Yeah. Um, I really don't yeah. like they they don't have that guy to compliment Heisher and and uh, Hughes. Not this year, but next year they will. Next year they'll have yeah. the guy. Sure. Um, and I think maybe so. that's yeah, uh, and that could be like one of the reasons why they didn't push as hard for for Goudreau. Um, but in saying that, I, obviously I love their defense too. I think they're gonna have one of the best blue lines in the league. Um, I don't trust Vitek Vanacek to be good at all. Um, I don't trust Mackenzie Blackwood to figure it out. And in a division like this, I think goaltending is going to be huge. Um, so I also have New Jersey at five. Okay. Uh, so. so I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I think very like very similar to Columbus. If, if at the end of the year, you're like, oh, the Devils finished second in the Metro. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like I, yeah. I could see that happen. I could see a world where that happens. And it would be in part because Jack Hughes wins the heart. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh he, he he wouldn't have to go on like a, a taylor hall like run uh when hall won it but i think i think he's gonna have a really really good season um and i think he's gonna get some contention for the heart whether or not this team makes the playoffs or not there's gonna be talk about it that that's how high i am on jack Hughes this season um and i mean if, if dougie hamilton plays a full year he'll get pretty close to like the 70 point mark probably um, just with the offense that the team's gonna have, like on the power play, and they're gonna have to score a lot of goals because their goaltending is gonna be not good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, look for the Devils for for fantasy players, but uh, I just Especially think it's in the too, keeper league. Yeah, I, I just think they're 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 a year away. I think Columbus mm-hmm. is like two or three years away. I think the Devils are a year away from being really good, but they're still like the top of this division. I think right. is is hard to crack. Yeah. Going forward. One one thing I want to say about the Devils, but this isn't for right now. This is, like, the way that they've been building, like, through the draft, their defense, like, they're really putting an emphasis on the transition game. And I think that's something that I don't really see from every team. Like, they haven't really made that dumb, bonehead Logan Stanley draft pick yet. I, I, well, it they could drafted, be uh, what's the Russian guy two years ago? The forward. Like, he's, like, huge. I forget, I forget who it was. It was, in, it was two years ago in the first round of the draft. I'm like the middle of the first round. He like he was like six foot five. He's not a defense. I think he's a forward. But other than okay. that, yeah, I can't remember what his name was now. But yeah, I know everybody was like freaking out about it. I'm gonna look it up. Anyway, keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out who that was. <laughs> All right. Um, I just like how they're building their defense, and I think their defense in the future can be very good transitionally. And I think that like they got. Nemich, I don't remember who they drafted last year, but I know he was good in transition. Uh, it's just uh, like you know me now. Hughes. Yeah, he, like just good offensive, good in the transition defenseman, and I think, I think that'll be very good for them. And hopefully, Lindy Ruff is gone soon, and then Brunette takes that team over. I think that's what this team really needs, because those Florida teams were good in transition under Tortorella and Brunette. Yeah. Not Tortorella. Uh, um, uh, Quenville. Quenville. There Why did go. I? John. Stupid John. <laughs> we'll we'll get that, to that's Joel. Soon. That's Joel Quenville. Oh my goodness. Joel. I don't know. I don't know what you're what you're doing. <laughs> There's a John Quenville that we used to be on the Devils. That's what it is. Yeah. There you go. Who's yeah. Joel's uh, son? So there you go. Oh, is he actually? Yeah, he was. I'm pretty. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't so. even know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was um Shakar. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Lukamadoulin. 
yeah, that's the guy who they they whipped on in the first round. That guy's a stud. Uh, yeah. Shakir Mukhamadoulin, come on, guy's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, other than that, I mean, they also got um, who else did they draft in this draft? They got Mercer and Holtz before that. So I mean, yeah, they didn't do so, it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. I can forgive them for for a third round for picking that. Yeah, in the late first round. Not yeah. Too shabby. So no nobody's gonna remember that, you know. No. Alexander either. Holtz will make everybody forget. Um all right. The uh one of the most active teams this this free agent period. I mean I really gotta I really gotta hand it to this next team um for keeping things interesting this summer. Um you know a team that really needed to make some changes to their roster and they they absolutely went out and they did that. Yeah. Um, and that's the New York Islanders. I mean, the, the this gonna, it's going to take me like five minutes to go through this whole list of guys they, they added here. Um, but first of all, their their departures, um, obviously Zidane Chara and Andy Green. Um, Chara they brought in as their big free agent last year. It didn't really work out. Um, but they replaced him with Alexander Romanov. Uh, so yeah, that's the uh, the offseason for the New York Islanders. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> They they resigned a couple guys. Uh, yeah, you're forgetting the Kiefer Bellows resigning. That's really yeah, it. Well, yeah, you know, so you know, a team that you know obviously needed to make changes after their season last year. You know, really needs to get Matthew Barzell a winger before he leaves in free agency next season. Yeah. Um, and they 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 didn't do that. Um, I mean, honestly, Lou Lamorello is probably going to show up to camp with like 50 other guys that they've actually signed, but they just haven't announced yet. Um, yeah. maybe that's where Kadri went. Maybe Kadri hasn't signed in, in, in Calgary. It's all a lie. He's going to show up to camp. <laughs> that's where Sonny <laughs> Milano <laughs> is too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's, in, he's in New York. <laughs> so I could actually legitimately see that being the case actually. <laughs> yeah. And like, not because, but... not because Lou likes Sonny Milano, just because it's a guy who was available. Like, yeah, literally it's like, Oh, he doesn't you gotta, know. You make some calls here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the New York Islanders, uh, what, where, where are you at on, on this team? You, you know what? They saw a problem and I got to respect it. They fired the best coach in the NHL or I don't know if they fired him technically, but they don't have the best coach in the NHL. That's like our coaching was definitely our problem. So let's get rid of Barry Trotz and replace him like with Lane Lamb. Road trip they started the season with. <laughs> yeah. That had nothing to do with it. No, definitely not. <laughs> But there yeah. is one really, really bright spot to this team, and that's Ilya Sorokin. If they, if this team does anything right or well, it'll be because yeah. of Ilya Sorokin. Absolutely. And I, I do like this defense core actually. Like if Pelican Pollock can get back to what they used to be. I mean, I didn't watch the Islanders much last year. If I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> but I, I also, I, I was a fan of Romanov, but I'm not first round pick fan of Romanov. Yeah, I'm not. But with Dobson, in exchange like, for I Alexander see, Romanov, <laughs> yeah, like this team needed Kirby Doc more than it needed. Actually, no, that's a lie. <laughs> this team needed Frankie Nazar more than they needed Alexander oh, of Romanov. Of course they did. They needed oh, Frankie Nazar, fourteenth best prospect in the NHL according to Elite Prospects. Yeah, as he should be. He should be higher. Honestly, that's ridiculous. 
And they better put Nazar the third or second on his jersey because then I will buy that jersey because that is sick. Yeah. I mean, I legitimately love Frank Nazar. Like, I'm not memeing. Like, he, like, no, he's, he's, he's an, unreal. An amazing but... <laughs> prospect. Yeah. Except for the fact he's in Chicago, which, you know. Yeah. That's the only problem. <laughs> yeah. But he, like, honestly, I think he actually, like, him and Barzell would have been ridiculous. But, I mean, we're playing hyperbole here we're talking about the actual islanders yeah <laughs> let's get out of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah this forward core is nothing to write home about uh or zelgas play with josh bailey like oh my god Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> josh bailey oh man i wish man like what what happened to oliver wallstrom's potential like i thought he was going to be this game-changing first line forward but now he can't even crack the islanders top six <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Like, that is a joke. <laughs> this team is, like, just one big joke. Yeah. they. I mean, they're paying their fourth line, like, $7 million. Yeah, for the next 10 so, years. Because <laughs> yeah. they love loyalty. And Matt Martin. Yeah, and it's all, like, it, they're all recent contracts. It's not like, they, like, Lou, like, no. inherited these contracts. Like, he signed every one of those contracts, <laughs> like, in the last year and a half. <laughs> You know what? There may be inflation and like prices will never change, but one thing will always be the same, and that'll be the Islanders' fourth line of Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Clutterbuck. <laughs> the occasional Leo Komarov appearance as well. Yeah, somewhere maybe there. some maybe some Andrew Ladd. Oh no, he's on the Coyotes now. Yeah, no, he got he got shipped off to to Tempe, so <laughs> playing in a college stadium. He might actually make that team too. That's insane. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> I, well, he might. I think he has to because of like their salary cap. Anyway, we'll get to like how it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not super high on the Islanders either. I think you know, obviously Matt Barzell is a big piece, and maybe we won't see the handy uh, the handcuffs Matt Barzell that we've been seeing the last couple of years under Barry Trotz. As good as the coach Barry Trotz is, I think his biggest flaw was handicapping or handcuffing um, Matthew Barzell's offensive potential. Uh. So maybe we'll see that. Um, I mean, Anthony Bellier rocks. Mm. I, I I'm really interested to see if this team takes a different direction, like system wise, under new coaching. And I think if they do uh, take more like offensive position, which they should, because their goaltending is gonna be really good, and they have the defense to like cover up any offensive uh, like miscues. They could be interesting. Um, the problem is the guy they hired has only worked under Barry Trotz. <laughs> so, yeah, they didn't check like, the resume, apparently. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I have no problem. I mean, I think Lane Lambert's going to be, a, like, a, a good coach. Um, right. I just don't think he's the right coach for this team. And one of the big things, I mean, the biggest message I've gotten from talking to, like, coaches is if you're assistant coach, like, they should be, if, if they have information to give the team and they're not doing it while you're the head coach, they're not doing their job. So if Lane Lambert right. had some like magical system that would have fixed the Islanders and he just like kept that to himself, then he shouldn't be hired as your next head coach because right. he doesn't care about the team as much as he cares about himself. Clearly. I mean, that's, that's like just, that's an over-exaggeration. I don't know if that's the case, right? Like it's very, it's, it's equally as, um, uh, it, as possible that he did have a different system that they could be running and Barry Trotz is like, no, I'm Barry Trotz. I'm not, you're not telling me what to do. So like, but that's one of the concerns I have when teams like just hire, especially when it's not like an interim thing. Um, when they just go out and hire like the next guy 
and expect things to change. Like very rarely do they actually change. So I'm expecting Lane Lambert to run a very similar system, um, have the same kind of like try to have the same demeanor and everything. And it's just going to not be great. Um, yeah, I have the Islanders sixth in the, in the Metro. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't think you said where you had that. I don't think I, that's my biggest problem with this show is I can't say when my (laughs) rankings are. Uh, I have the Islanders at seventh, but that's okay. Yeah, I like a good Ilya Sorokin will put them over the Blue Jackets. A yeah, bad that, Ilya that's Sorokin basically will what, put them seventh. That, that's basically why I had them over. Um, I just trust Sorokin way more than I trust the the Blue Jackets goaltender. I mean, yeah. I have Sorokin as my dark horse Bezina pick this year. Um, I would. I mean, he was. I think he got like. I think he finished like fourth or fifth in Bezina voting last year, which was really surprising because, like, the Islanders were not good. So, so like the fact that he already is getting that kind of attention, um, first of all, it says a lot about the voters. Like, good on you, because um, Elias Rogan deserved to be like in the top five in Vesna voting last year. Um, right. Yeah. But I think voters are finally if, waking up. Yeah, or I think if the Islanders have like a better overall season, um, which actually technically they they finished ninth in the East last year, so so I actually have them lower than that. Um, but right. like a better, a more competitive, like season overall, um, I think Sorokin will get some real Vesna, like looks, especially yeah. if he plays well. Obviously, for sure. Um, all right, the New York Rangers, everybody's favorite team. Always. Um, I'm gonna be nice. I know. I, I'm gonna try to be nice. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> the, the the New York Rangers. Um, lost a lot this offseason. Didn't add a ton. Um, but they, they added Vincent Trocek, um, Yurislav Palak, and uh, Louis Domingue because he lit them up in the playoffs, so they had to. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't beat them, right? Um, uh, their departures this year, um, granted a lot of these were trade deadline departures, but Andrew Kopp, Ryan Strom, Justin Braun, um, Alexander Gorgiev, Frank Vetrano, Patrick Nemeth and Tyler Mott. So a lot of that depth they had, uh, basically no like massive losses besides Strom, but they replaced them with with Trocek obviously, and then Gorgiev. Um, they were going to move on from anyway, um, and I actually think they they did a pretty good job uh, moving on from him. But the New York Rangers, I'll let you uh, get us started here. I'm very high on the New York Rangers, but one thing I want to say to preface this is: imagine how good this team would be if they had. Pavel Buchnevich instead of Sammy Barry. <laughs> like this team would be yeah. a no doubt in my mind cup contender with Pavel Buchnevich back on one first line right wing. Yeah. Oh, like what could have been with this New York Rangers? It's just crazy. But yeah, I'm very high on the Rangers. I think I think we're poised to see a Lafreniere breakout, and I think Kako will play well. It's kind of his last shot. If he doesn't play well, I could see him move by the deadline. Yeah. Maybe not, like, I, I'm more of an off-season yeah, taco move guy, but, yeah, this if he's not good this year, um, he's gone. This, yeah, this is it. Yeah, I like Chittle, like, Heedle, I guess, but Heedle. I do like him at the third C. I think that's very good. I, I do love this forward core. I mean, the only problem is probably, like, this this – the secondary doesn't look sco- like scoring potential to me is like my biggest fear. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, I don't like, think you're Sammy hoping Blake for a laughing breakout. 
That's the big yeah. thing. You're hoping for your top six to put up a lot of points. Yeah. And, and the defense I like. Adam Fox is a good defenseman. Uh, Ryan Lindgren, I like. <laughs> That's not the word I would use, but hey. Yeah, I mean, he's better than just a good defenseman. But <laughs> it's, yeah, he's one of the best the, in the league. There we go. He's top. the fifth most good defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the fifth most good there sorry <laughs> keandre miller who plays very well with new captain jacob truba i i do like yeah. that what truba getting it's... the c or keandre miller no no i i don't like that why would they not give it to adam fox <laughs> <laughs> or even even chris Kreider, like jacob yeah, I mean, truba. is i think Kreider is the easy pick but... yeah like the guy you signed three years ago in free agency or you yeah. traded for in free agency, you're going to make him the captain? Or, like, even Ryan Lindgren would have been a better captain than Jacob Truba. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of it. I mean, maybe this team's looking to move Kreider. That could be part of it. Because, like, they're going to be in cap hell if they right. don't move on from that contract. So that could be, like, that's the only reason why I can see it not being Kreider. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's all PR anyway. But, yeah, I mean, it's a weird PR move. Maybe they just want to sell more Truba jerseys. I don't know. Maybe. They have back stock, but, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> find a reason to get them moved. <laughs> but I do like this Zach Jones-Schneider pairing. I think that does have a lot of potential to, yeah. to be serviceable. Like, potential to yeah. be serviceable. And if Igor Shosturkin can play like last year's Igor Shosturkin, uh, that's what I'm basing my whole Rangers ranking on, is him to repeat that. And I actually have the Rangers at second in the division. Uh, Ah, all right. Here we go. The New York Rangers. I have a long, dark history with the New York Rangers. Well, not long. It's only been about a year of me apparently hating this team. Um, (laughs) But it's been long enough. I don't necessarily know if I feel like Trocek's an upgrade on Strom. Yeah. Um. I think it, it'll be at worst like a wash, which is fine. Um, I do love their 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 decor. I mean, obviously Adam Fox is unreal. Um, although Panarin's yeah, at worst. I mean, you could argue top three, four, top but yeah, three, I mean, yeah, top five for sure. Um, I, I think Panarin's like underlying numbers haven't been great the last couple of years, but he has the talent to like outplay that anyway. So it's not really that big of a concern for me. Um, Mika's advantage is super streaky. Maybe you get another great year out of him. Right. My, my biggest problem with this team is Chris Kreider had a crazy year last season. Like just in, like, he's not scoring like 50 ish goals again. I think he hit like 40 something. Yeah. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's just not, that's not like, that's insane. Right. Um, you're really banking on Lafnir, Heedle, and Kako having that same kind of playoffs that they had. And that, that was the Rangers' best line in the playoffs. Um, if they can do that again, sure, this team's going to be fine. But I don't, like, <laughs> I, I could see Lafnir doing it more than, than Heedle and Kako. Um, I think Heedle will slot really nicely in as their third center. I don't think you should expect much more than that from him. And I think Kako will be a fine third line winger, um, like middle six ish kind of guy. But I don't, I don't see him having like a crazy breakout season either. 
obviously this team's going to live and die by their goaltending. Right. That's the biggest thing. But at best, Igor Shosturkin has the exact same year that he did last year. Yeah. And the fact that you have to go into this season expecting a goalie to have a 950 save percentage for three quarters of the year for you to be like a top tier team is insane. <laughs> like, like if, if Igor Sturkin drops down to an, if he had a 930 save percentage last year, the Rangers probably don't make the, like they might not make the playoffs. Now I think the gap between like, because of all the things that happened to the Islanders, they probably get in as like a wild card anyway. But like that dip, like a 930 save percentage is still one of the best goalies in the league. But right. with how bad this team was, like they got hammered five on five all year last year. And I don't think they added anything to this team that makes me think that's going to change. If this team yeah. can like control play, whatever, whatever word you want to use for it, um, like be over 50% and expected goals five on five, they probably won the cup last year. Like realistically, like just be average five on five. But the Rangers, I think we're like 39% expected goals for percentage in the playoffs. Like it was insane. And they made it to the third round. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. I, that, that's my biggest thing. I think this division as a whole got better. I think New Jersey's going to be better. I think Columbus can be better. Um, obviously there, there's a lot of teams like at the top that are going to be good. It, right. This team lives and dies by Igor Sturkin being the best goalie we've ever seen again. Um, I think he, he still plays really well. I think he hits about a 930. I don't see him dropping a 950. I don't know if Polak is somebody you can rely on any more than you could Alexander Gorgiev last year. Right. Um, in saying that, I I can't put the Rangers lower than third. In this division, mm-hmm. um, but it, again, if this team can play like average five on five, they could easily win this division outright. Right. I just don't know if I believe in that happening. No. Um, that's the most fair critique I can have of the Rangers without sounding like I just hate this team, which I I don't. But hey, right. Um, <laughs> and five on five is one of their biggest problems, and they lost. Probably their best five-on-five five player was someone they got at the deadline. Yeah. Like, Cop is a stud at five-on-five. Five. And Tyler like, Mott, too. Tyler weird. Mott was really good, too. Yeah, and somehow Ottawa signed him. Like, what a... Yeah, I mean, hey, good for... I mean, Ottawa's to be... Surprising. They, yeah, um, hey. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> uh, Where do you have yeah, New York? A third. I third, third. Okay. I, I couldn't. I couldn't talk myself into having them as a wild-card seed. I just couldn't do it yeah, because I think Igor Sturkin's that good. Um, but I just think they're going to be like below average five on five. And for every other team in the NHL, that means you're not a playoff team. So for the New York Rangers, that means they're third uh, right. <laughs> because they're going to get like unreal goaltending. But again, I don't think it's going to be as unreal as last year. So yeah, we'll see. True. Again, they, they, they're a team where they could finish first in the Metro and I'd be like, yeah, okay. And they could finish sixth in the Metro. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I could see that happening. They, right. they have the most variance, I think, out of any team in this division. Yeah. If if Igor Shosturkin even starts to feel uncomfortable, like not even just, not even injured. He's a 920 like, goalie. This team misses the playoffs, like, by a mile. Right. Yeah. Like, a 920 goalie. 
is like a, well above league average. Yeah, that's this team does not make the playoffs. <laughs> like right. that's insane. This is like the the 2015 Canadians on steroids. <laughs> that's what this team yeah. is. But again, they could also win the division. <laughs> like it's it's so bare. If they can figure out the five on five play, then everything changes. But I just they did nothing this offseason to tell me that's going to change. There is no like personnel or coaching change unless they yeah. implement a system change, but that's that's something we won't be able to tell until opening night really. Yeah, and they also have a coach that's been around long enough that he believes in his system. Right. Like if they went out and hired like a brand new if they went out and got like a Jeff Halpern, who I still think should be a head coach somewhere, but hey, good for Tampa Bay for keeping him around. Um then yeah, maybe I I'd have a different feeling on it, but this is the third year of Gerard Gallant. And it's been the same thing. They've just they've shipped out their best transition and possession players every season, <laughs> and expect things to change. So I don't know. I was in third though, so you're still a playoff team, right? Maybe for now. Talk to me in December when Igor Sturgeon has like a nine twelve save percentage, and this team's like dead last. In dead the last. <laughs> Connor Bedard time. <laughs> yeah, they just hey, you know what? It's been a while since the Rangers have had a top three pick. So, yeah. When's the last time the Rangers have properly developed a prospect? Is the real question. They just uh, can't do it. Like a non-goalie prospect. I'm assuming you mean. Yeah, other um, than Sturgeon, obviously, but. Like Ryan Leach is the name that comes to mind. Yeah, and what didn't they ship him off to Toronto? Uh, Yeah, I mean later in his career, but yeah, Um, yeah. There, there's got to be somebody else in there, but I just because like all their forwards during their like prime, like mid 2010s were all like traded for. Right. And they had like Richard St. Louis, um, Nash. Like they traded for all those guys. Right. McDonough even wasn't their draft. Yeah, well, yeah, technically. Yeah, I mean, well, they developed him, though. Like, he was traded, like, yeah. at the draft. I'll give him that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I'll give him that one. But I guess Girardi, too. But even, like, I'm pretty sure they didn't draft Girardi, either. No. Something tells me to draft feeling... by Boston. I could be wrong about that, though. I was thinking Nashville, but that's... I'm thinking Dan Hughes maybe. Yeah, I gotta look that up. Anyway, um, uh, if you have anything else on the fly, um, on the um, Rangers, no. go ahead. Okay, Half the podcast has been the Rangers so far. Yeah. I want to look at the Dan Girardi thing, but I'll let you talk about Philly while I'm doing that. Um, okay. The Philadelphia Flyers. What a what a weird like what a weird weird. I, I'm gonna rant about the Flyers right away. But okay, let's hear it. Uh, well, first of all, I'll, I'll let you go first. But um, their their additions and departures. Um, they add Nick Delorier, Tony D'Angelo, and Justin Braun. They lose Martin Jones, uh, Oscar Lindblom. Um, or Oscar Lind, yeah, and Lindblom, um, Keith Yandel, and Nate Thompson. So not like a crazy eventful off season, like on the surface. But right. um, yeah, talk talk about them. I'm gonna Google Dan Ferrari. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, they also brought in John Tortorella, and I've seen some some quotes that I think are meme quotes, and some that aren't. But I it's hard to it's tell. John it's John Tortorella, so it could be hard to tell. Um, yeah, this team is just very random. Like Scott Lawton on the first line. Like, how do we live in a world where Scott Lawton's on the first line, but Joel Farabee is sitting on line three? I'm, I know these are just depth charts, but still, like, this is just yeah. crazy. 
Oh, it wasn't here. Oh, no, it was, uh, he was undrafted. So they, they he didn't was draft undrafted. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good pickup, though. It's good. Yeah. There you go. Good for you. Whoever the GM, I guess Giordano. it was, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know who the GM was, was for, um, the range. Oh, it was, um, what's his face? He was there forever. Um, I remember I said he was the best GM in Rangers history and people were hating on me in the comments. Yeah, he was, he was well, he, he was there forever. Why can't I remember? His, he's like a let, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. God's going to bother me. Anyway, keep going. Um, yeah, just don't. It's a hockey podcast. We're supposed to know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a very random team. Like, why would you bring in Nick Delorier at two by four? Like, this is, this is a Lou Lamorello contract. That's what that is. That is the Lou Lamorello contract. And then Chuck Fletcher goes on to say, oh, that's something you just can't find is like a fourth line forward who's below replacement level. Like that's not hard to find. <laughs> I think that's, that's the most out. That's the biggest output in the NHL is f- f- below replacement level fourth line forwards. Like this is just a joke. And Glenn like this Sather. team. Yeah. That's the GM. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't Google. I just it just hit me. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> and this team just is very like, like, like it looks like just like they had a team and then it just fell apart and they have no plan. Like they just think they can keep going after it. Like bringing in Tony D'Angelo it doesn't make sense. They have Rasmus Ristolainen, which is crazy. And I thought Justin Braun retired three years ago. If I'm gonna be honest. But he keeps no, playing he back the Rangers last year. Yeah, I know. But like, I thought he was retired. <laughs> like, he's like thirty six. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps coming back to the Flyers. And like, <laughs> what is with the Flyers that you keep wanting to go back to them? Like, it's well, not it's a free fourth round pick at the deadline. So, I guess. <laughs> I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping Cam York breaks out or something. I don't really know what to say about this team. And then Carter, like, this team's gonna finish last unless Carter Hart has. An Igor Shosturkin season, but the odds of that is slim to none. Not good. <laughs> so this team is tanking for Bedard. Is the only thing that can I can come to think of. Yeah, I, I don't even think they're going to be bad enough for that either, though. I think. No. I, I do have like, them at eighth, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Um, there, there's a world where like they're better than both Buffalo and Montreal, and Chicago and Arizona, and maybe San Jose. Or at least like a combination of at least three of those teams. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't see a world where they're worse than all but like one or two of those teams. So like it, yeah, they're they're in such a weird spot right now. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, like, first of all, like you do the wrist the the wrist line and trade last year, which was awful. Like it was not good. All right, no matter what, like the Philly like beat writers will tell you about how big he about how much he hits like he see these he stinks he's not good he's right. legitimately like a bad defenseman like we rip on Seth Jones a lot Seth Jones is a good like third defenseman on a team like right wrist line and stinks like he's not a good NHL defenseman at all at all <laughs> low replacement level <laughs> he's not like, he is not good I, I don't know how I can emphasize that anymore like, then they go out and they sign Sean Couturier to some insane like eight year deal, which like really? Sean Couturier is great. Yeah, it was like last um, it was like early last season. He signed oh, okay. an extension. I thought it was this season. I'm like, oh, I think no, I no, they signed him an extension last. It was last year oh, okay, at some yeah. point. So yeah. kicks in this year, um, and like 
you're rebuilding. You should trade players like that for everything. <laughs> like you right. can get a ton of stuff. And of course, like they sign him for that deal and he immediately gets hurt. <laughs> like, like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, obviously you can't do anything about that, but it's just, you know, a little funny karma. Yeah. Yeah. Like you should trade guys like that instead of like when you're rebuilding, like hit players, his age or prime. Let's get anything we can for him. Right. Very similar to what Columbus did with Seth Jones. It's like, Hey, well that was a lot of that had to do with the fact he didn't want to sign there, but the Good same kind Columbus. of idea. That is yeah, Columbus' I mean, biggest honestly, W they've ever taken. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at their blue line now. Like it's going to be yeah. unreal. But anyway, like, I, I just don't I don't get it. I mean, obviously, I get not moving James and Reams like for a pick. I'm I'm really glad they didn't do that. But you go and sign Nick Delorier to an insane like a guy who's again should not be in the NHL. Like he's not an NHLer anymore. No. And you sign him to an insane contract, and then like a day later, you come out to the media and you say. Yeah, we didn't have the money to sign Johnny Goudreau. We couldn't make it work. <laughs> like, first of all, almost half of that Goudreau contract could have just... You could have had the money. <laughs> like, right. if you don't sign him and D'Angelo... I, I, I figured it out. There you go. Right. <laughs> Move, like, somebody not named James Van like. And, and you're you're good, and it just or don't sign wrist line either. There you go. You have it all. It's free. <laughs> like, like it, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. I understand good teams. Like I understand why Colorado couldn't re-sign Kadri because they have good players under contract. <laughs> but when you sign three guys, who I mean, the D'Angelo contract's fine. Like on the surface, it's it's I don't have a problem with it. But when you're signing bad players to massive contracts. Especially the wrist line one, because you had to sign the wrist line one because you traded for him. Like so if cost. you can't, That's yeah, you was. can't trade him at the deadline because you're admitting that you fucked up. <laughs> that doesn't like you can't, especially when you're Chuck Fletcher and you're going to get fired if your team doesn't make the playoffs this year. Which I've also never understood from an ownership perspective. If you're like, yeah, if this guy doesn't make the playoffs this year, like we're going to fire him. You probably shouldn't let him trade away a bunch of assets and like spend recklessly to try to make the playoffs like that's yeah. not a good idea and that's something that like the montreal canadians did really well when they fired mark bergevin because they realized hey this guy's not going to be here next year and we stink let's just fire him now and it, it's it's so much it, it makes things so much easier when you re, when you want to actually rebuild but this is a team that clearly doesn't have a direction ownership doesn't want to have them to have a direction I think they're easily the most dysfunctional franchise in the NHL right now. They've, they, the Ottawa Senators have handed that torch to them the second they yeah. fired Pierre Maguire, and <laughs> now it's the now it's the Flyers. And you know, like I feel bad for their fan base because they really haven't had a lot to cheer about in like ten years since the Cup run, really. Since twenty fourteen, yeah, yeah, or, or yeah, even twenty. Uh, so I was thinking more like 2010 when they went to the final, but yeah, I mean, like oh, right. I guess back even in the mid 2010s, they're still pretty good. But like, it's just it's such a weird like this team has zero direction. I don't know what they want to do. It's very similar to what Chicago was last year, where they just they just wouldn't accept the fact their team stinks, and they're just wasting assets. 
Right. Yeah. I, and you don't even have like a, a, a Elias Sorokin to like fall back on because Carter Hart was like the worst starting goal in the NHL last year. Yeah. He was <laughs> so it, it just, it's, it's a team that's completely dysfunctional. They have zero direction and they're going to stink, but they're not going to stink bad enough for Bedard. And that's the funniest part about it. Yeah. So I have them eighth, clearly. Yeah. Um, and I hope they finish like 23rd in the NHL because okay. that would be perfect. And they get nobody. Yeah. And that's only because their teams run poorly. I don't hate the Flyers. I just hate bad teams who yeah. suck it. Don't know what they're doing. That's all it is. Right. Anyway. Let's get to some more positive things because I have both these teams like, and clearly you do too, because we haven't, we've, I think you have what third and fourth left on yours. And yeah, I have, I have and third left. and fourth, but this yeah, next team I've, coming up, I, I, I could put them second. Like it's basically a flip of a coin. Second, third. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Spoiler alert. Right. Um, who had a really aggressive off season and I respect it because you, when you have two of the greatest players of all time at the end of their careers, you go for it. And they're not going to win the cup, but I respect it. Yeah, it's good on you, Pittsburgh. Um, they added Ryan Paling, Josh Archibald, Drake Kajula, Jeff Petrie, Ty Smith, and Jan Ruda um, to their team, and they lost John Marino, Mike Matheson, and Evan Rodriguez. Um, the biggest question for me with Pittsburgh is which of their ten NHL defensemen are are they going to play? And we have like weeks until training camp starts, so they, they like they legitimately need to move like four defensemen off this team in two weeks. Yeah, or they're gonna like have the greatest eight core of all time. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and that's a good problem to have. Like, good on you for getting a bunch of defensemen, but especially the Marino trade, like the Petrie for Marino trade, like that didn't really help the like Petrie is gonna be good, but like it didn't help their the fact they have so many defensemen right uh, and even the marino for ty smith trade it's like just one guy in one guy out and it's all right whatever yeah it was a little um, weird yeah. so i'm guessing you have them third i have pittsburgh third yeah okay and i could put them second but it's just there's so many things that could go wrong and it's solely because of age like yeah evgeny malkin's been struggling with injuries the last couple years now i think for sure, last year he had a problem. Yeah. Like, Crosby, does that Crosby come back? Time too. Yeah, like Crosby, Crosby used to always have injury problems. Like when he was in his prime, but that was more concussion yeah. stuff. He really hasn't had like anything recently. Lately, yeah, so I, I feel like that's not. It's kind of like the Steven Stamkos thing where everybody thinks he's injury prone, but he's played like the last like five years, like just yeah. with no problems. So it's kind, you know, it's kind of unfair. But I mean, concussions are a little bit different than a broken leg. But anyway, definitely, yeah. But I did not. <laughs> remember that the Penguins signed Jan Ruda. I I missed that. Cause that yeah, is that's kind of out of nowhere. I like that. That is very good for your third pair. Jan Ruda, Ty Smith. I like this defense score, but I don't like Ryan first Dumoulin pair in the AHL. on the first pair. I love Brian Dumoulin. Really? I am not yeah. the biggest Brian Dumoulin fan. I think he's really good. I mean, I, I really liked him like a year and a half ago. I really haven't looked yeah. into him since then. I but... used to like Dumoulin, but <laughs> like, he not good last year? I don't. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was like anything special. But I love Marcus Pedersen. That's one player I do like. Yeah, I like Marcus. Marcus Pedersen's good too. 
I mean, Mike Matheson had a really crazy good year last year too with them. But yeah, and then they traded him for Jeff Petrie. Which honestly, I think they actually won that trade talent wise. I think Jeff Petrie will be a better defenseman for them. Yeah, Brian Dumoulin was not good last year. Um, but yeah, I think I think Mike Matheson had like uh, for what this team needs, Jeff Petrie is going to add more like he's going to be more of a like a break like a game breaker player than Mike Matheson would be. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of what this team needed. They needed like a secondary offense, like almost like, like Justin Schultz was um, in their cup like especially their first cup run uh like in 2016 um where he's just kind of like a breakout like offensive defenseman uh right. i think that you're going to get more of that out of jeff petrie than what out of mike maslin um and i think just a new like scenery for petrie because even like in the COVID year like petrie was unreal so right. like he's only one year removed from that and montreal stunk last year so i don't really like take a lot of that and it's going to be very similar to the role he was playing that COVID year because he played as the like the second defenseman whereas last year he had to be the number one guy um and obviously as long as Latang's healthy uh who also has, right. hasn't really had injury problems in like three years but but he yeah, used to be injury about, like, yeah he used to be so he's got that stigma but um like yeah as long as as long as Latang is there healthy for the full year I think Jeff Petrie will be like right back to where he was two years ago as being yeah. like a really, really good second pair defenseman. And that's what this team literally just has like one year left of like true contention anyway. So like who cares what happens after that? That's <laughs> basically the idea. Yeah, I I like this team, but one thing that's very like that people I don't hear people talk about much is that secondary. I know they lost Evan Rodriguez, but still it looks oh, it's pretty really, good. Yeah, it's really good. Like I've I've been I've always been a big Brock McGinn fan, especially when he was on the Canes. And Teddy Bluger's a solid fourth line center. Yeah. And Jeff Carter just hasn't aged. Like he he played bad his last year in LA, and then he just played like an absolute star in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he was he was good last year. Down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kapanen too. Kapanen has a lot of I think Kapanen I think, has a really good tool set. Right. Um, he hasn't really figured out how to use it properly yet. Um, but like, Kasperi Kapanen's basically like the guy who like, he has a really, really nice screwdriver, but he's using it to hammer in nails. So, like, <laughs> I like that. We're going to have to clip that. That's going to have to be clipped. <laughs> that That's who Kasperi Kapanen is. Um, but, but yeah, I think if you could figure out how to, how to use him properly. Like right. he could be a really nice secondary scorer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, genuinely like, thought that he was going to be flipped for Puyarvi, and I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been teams. great. Yeah, like, that's that, a that true been... good treat for both teams. Yeah, I mean, I really like I, Tristan Jari broke out last year. Yeah. Um, and it was it was sustained enough that I actually believe that it'll be, like, he'll be able to do something similar this year. Right, his glove side um, finally and, doesn't have a massive hole in it. Yeah, and I mean, Casey DeSmith is, is he's a solid backup. I, right. I have no problem with that. I think their goaltending tandem is better than people will give it credit for. It's not great, um, right. but it's not it's not awful. And it that's kind of what they the need. Leaf stand him. That is that's all that really matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
if, if here, here's a here's a random question: if if Toronto and Pittsburgh just swap goalie tandems, does Toronto win the cup this year? If Toronto has Tristan Jari and Casey Smith, like they just swap both, I think they'd be very close. But I don't think they could. I don't. I still don't think they'd win the cup. I think they'd yeah. be at least third round. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I mean, if they get past the first round, they're winning the cup. Like, come on, let's be honest here. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, 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 we, if, if we make it past the first round, but it's it's the hardest we'll part. Just plan is the parade already. The first round. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the rings. Yeah, EA was a little early to it. They're like, well, let's just yeah, engrave insane. it in the cup. <laughs> and it's 2022-2032. That's so that was hilarious. And like, I saw Nikki <laughs> Nicholas Ave Kubel's name on the cup, and I'm like. I've seen this before. I've seen his name on the cup before. He's actually seeing Victor Mete's name up there was awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. It gives me a good guy, he, he, Victor Mete deserves a Stanley Cup. Let's be honest. Yeah, that guy's been through a lot. <laughs> of all the Montreal, players. And then Ottawa. Yeah. I still have faith in him, but he'll he's gonna be like the also the fact that like this is such a tangent, but like the fact that Victor Mete played enough games in the playoffs to get his name on the cup. It says a lot about what happened to Toronto's defensive core in that playoffs because he's like their ninth best defenseman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> anyway, so we're yeah, you have the range uh, the Peng- Rangers. You have the Penguins third, right? I have them third. Yep. Yeah, yeah I have them second. second. If I'm Igor Sturkin plays bad, they're 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 second. If any of the big three are injured, they're third. Fair enough. Yeah, I've been second, and I'm kind of in the same, kind of in the same boat. But I just trust everything about the Penguins, other than goaltending, more than I do the Rangers, and maybe defense. But that's kind of a toss-up. But I don't know. I definitely trust their coaching more than I trust the Rangers. Yeah, the coaching <laughs> is also their saving grace too. Yeah. Like, also, like, like, why did they re-sign Mike Sullivan to a contract like with with two years out of his like contract? Like, it's just it's just weird. I didn't I didn't get that. I mean, like, I like Mike Sullivan rocks, but, like, right. who does that? <laughs> like, it, just, it doesn't really matter because it's not like a cap thing. Like, it's not like they have less money to spend now, but, like, it's just, right. yeah, it's kind of strange. Anyway, whatever. I guess it was a Sidney Crosby thing. It's, like, Probably. his guy. Like, and especially in Pittsburgh where, like, the last two times they fired a coach middle of the season, they won the cup. So it's more of a we're not going to do that to you <laughs> move. <laughs> Which is hilarious that that's a thing, but, yeah. It's like whenever Pittsburgh struggles, like in like November, everybody's like, "We'll just fire the coach, and they'll win the cup." Yeah. So this kind of eliminates that that fear. Um, right. All right, let's wrap it up with the Washington Capitals, who I I think had a very nice off season. Again, very quietly, but very quietly. well, not quietly, but like I mean, obviously they signed the best goal in the market, but uh, yeah, whatever. Dylan Strome, Connor Brown, Eric Gustafson, Darcy Kemper, and Charlie Lindgren. Um, another team that completely rebuilt their their goaltending tandem because they lost um, Samsonov and Vanacek. They also lose Justin Schultz and Johan Larson. Um, uh, yeah, that's the Capitals. So, And Nick Backstrom's out for, I think it's officially the season now. Okay. Um, we're very close to it. He's going to be out for a long time. I know that. I don't know if it's actually official he's out for the season. I was kind of hoping you'd be right. like, yep, you're right. But <laughs> Yeah, I think he is. You're right. He's yeah. going to be out for a long time. Yeah. And I don't know. It says here Tom Wilson's out too, but I don't know how long that is. I don't think it's that long. Oh, okay. I don't think it's yeah. insane. I could be wrong. But yeah, I don't think it's crazy. 
I, they, they definitely made some moves that it's like, okay, you could be taking a chance on this, but like, I like that chance. Like Connor Brown playing a top six role in Washington. Like that's a good, that's a, that's a good risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. Like Dylan Strong, second line center there. Like I would like with TJ Oshie and Anthony Mantha, like you're setting them up for success. Yeah. Is what, like, I think that's a good move. Like, and if he does work out and you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't see this as a long-term fit. If you play him with them and, like, boost his value, you can get a lot for him at the deadline. Like, a second-line center who's relatively young. Yeah. Like, if you want to go that direction, which I, I don't think they will, but. Or even if they want to, like, upgrade. Like, if they want to go yeah. get a, um, I don't know what centers are on it. Nathan McKinnon, maybe. Who's their Nathan agent. McKinnon. Yeah. <laughs> Don't show him a first. No, but, like, yeah, if they want to go trade for, like, a, a like a UFA or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Center, they can do that. And I've always been a big fan of Connor Sheary, and he just loves to go between Pittsburgh and Washington, so I like that. <laughs> Did the one in Buffalo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Spe- speaking of Buffalo, this is going to be a little offshoot, but is Anders Bjork still in Buffalo? Uh, I have no idea. Because I was a no, huge fan of maybe. him in Boston. Uh, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, I like this, this Capitals team. This is the Atlantic team. Division podcast, by the way. I want right. to point that out to everybody. We talked about Toronto and Buffalo and, like, Montreal more than anybody else. <laughs> yeah. That's how we do it around here. We talk about the, the powerhouses, Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, yes, he is. Andrews Burke is the fourth line left winger. Okay. My, my favorite yeah. addition that the Capitals did this offseason was signing Eric Gustafson. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a Eric big Gustafson. Eric Gustafson fan. That guy needs to play more. Like, he just For, needs like, to find somewhere where he can play more. Yeah, he deserves it more than anybody in this league. Goose, like, come on. Like, my, my biggest thing with, with defensemen like him, and, I mean, Chris Weidman's kind of in the same boat. Um, Victor Mete was before he, like, stunk it up in Ottawa. Um, Red Kulak but a little bit. Not so, like, yeah, I mean, guys like even, like, Niku in Winnipeg um, yeah. when he was there. Like, teams all the time, and I don't get it. And it's very similar to, like, veterans, where, like, a veteran can make, like, 50 mistakes in a game, and the coach will be like, oh, well, he'll figure it out. He's a veteran. But, like, if a rookie does it, he gets sat, like, immediately. Like, and it's just, right. it doesn't make any sense. It should be the other way around. But, and it's the same thing with like, with your bottom pair defense. Like everybody now wants like a Kale McCarr on your top line because they see that that works. But everybody still wants like the third pair shut down, like tough guy defenseman, Ben Chirot kind of guy. But if you had like an Eric Gustafson or a Chris Weidman or something, somebody who can like create offense, like you're getting 10 minutes of a guy, like, yeah, he's going to turn the puck over more than like a Ben Chirot might. But or like a, a just, I guess Justin Braun's probably the better, the more apt compared right. to like it's a true shutdown defenseman. Um, but you're actually going to get like offensive production when that guy's on the ice. Like good things are going to. It's not just going to be like a net zero when it's not going to be like ten minutes of dead air basically when right. he's on the ice. Like you're going to get some offense, and I think that's more valuable to a team, including like the the negative defensive aspects you're going to get than just wasting ten minutes of a game basically now again right. if you're up like two goals in game seven and stand like a final maybe that 10 minutes of dead air is what you need but for the most part i, I think in general i'll take an eric gustafson who can bring me that extra edge of offense um 
than than just a third pairing that sucks the life out of the building. Yeah. Um, so guys like that need to play more. And I, I did a post about uh, if anybody else listening is interested, I'm plugging myself. Um, I did a post about uh, Chris Weidman, very exact, basically the same idea um, on why guys like that are super valuable and are super underappreciated in the market. I mean, Chris Weidman signed for like 700k. I think Gus was centers around the same. Yeah. Um, but like these guys are so readily available, and like take advantage. I mean, Colorado did that. Colorado had six guys who could do that if that team was fully healthy. Um, they like every one of their defensemen could be that kind of guy, except for maybe Eric Johnson. But I digress. And they won the cup, so right, <laughs> it works. Anyway, yeah, continue. Darcy Camper is also a great signing. I love Darcy Camper. He had, right, an off, yeah. he had an off start to the year last year and a super underrated second half of the year and then a really bad playoffs. Um, but he won the cup, so, you know. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but yeah, he actually had, like, he was one of the best goalies in the second half. Like, yeah, as of, was. like, January 1st onwards, he was, like, a top five goalie in the NHL. And people just, like, Forgot. don't want to acknowledge that because he sucked in the first month of the season. Yeah, I... I do like that, and I think they're gonna finish. They're gonna make the playoffs. Is, is my feeling, unless something yeah. magical happens in Columbus. I bet that's pretty I low. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I'm my ranking. So, um, my biggest thing, and people are people are gonna freak out about Backstrom being out for the whole season, which is fair. Yeah. But like, let, let's just rewind to the beginning of last season when Alex Ovechkin scored like fifty goals in like ten games at the beginning of the year. First of all, and it wasn't that insane, but I think in the first like 20 games of the season, he had like 19 goals or something crazy like that. And only one of those goals was scored from like his spot on the ice at the top of like the the circle. Right. Basically, every one of his other goals, he was creating himself. And the big reason for that, and that changed the second Nick Backstrom came back, because as soon as Backstrom came back, Ovechkin just became a lot less dynamic of an offensive player because he didn't have to be. And I think... As much as Backstrom as a talent is going to be missing from this lineup, Alex Ovechkin is going to be way better of a player overall because he's going to have to create his own offense again. And he showed he could do it. He was unreal at the start of last season. And the second Backstrom came back, Ovechkin's overall offensive production dropped, but his like counting stats also like took a dip because he wasn't doing as much outside of just getting the puck and shooting. So I think not having Backstrom is going to like elevate Ovechkin's play in a weird way. Right. I don't yeah. know if it'll sustain for a full 82 games, but I'm not as worried about Backstrom not being here as a lot of people are. Also, Nick Backstrom's just kind of getting older and hasn't been the same player <laughs> when he is healthy. So, right. like, yeah, I'm not as worried about it. Um, I don't obviously I don't think Ovechkin's going to score like an 80 point pace or whatever he was on last like in the first 20 games of last season. Or an 80-goal pace, I guess I should say. Um, but I'm not as worried about uh, this team's offensive production dropping off without Nick Backstrom, especially because I think Dylan Strom's going to add um, some decent secondary scoring anyway. And he has great wingers, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is the, the Metropolitan Division. So I don't know if you want to recap your rankings because that was probably really hard to follow along. But... Yeah, um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go bottom up. Eighth, okay. I had the Islanders. Seventh, I had no. Eighth, I had the Flyers. Seventh, I had the Islanders. Sixth was the Jackets. Fifth, the Devils. And fourth was the Capitals. 
Third place, the Penguins. Second, the Rangers. And first, the Canes. Hurricanes. But last time we said which ones will make the playoffs. I think the Capitals will make the playoffs and the yeah. Jackets will miss. I think it'll be four and four. Four and four, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I think uh, Florida was my fourth seed. Uh, right. I have them in with Washington. Um, yeah, so I had Carolina one, Pittsburgh two, uh, the Rangers three, Washington four, uh, New Jersey five, uh, the Islanders six, Columbus seventh, and the Philadelphia Flyers eighth. And yeah, I have Washington and Florida in. Um, so yeah, that is that is episode number two. Um, next time we're going to be doing the Central Division, I think. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Let's, Let's go with the it. Central. It's, it's in the fun. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, where can uh, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Broly Talks Hockey and on Twitter, but I'm not really on Twitter, so I'm there. <laughs> but if you can find me, I guess you find me. I'm not even gonna. You can you can if you want to find me on Twitter, you have to search for it. But Instagram's Broly Talks Hockey, and yeah. I'll be talking here lots. I don't really post as much, but maybe that'll change with some clips or something. But yeah, just talking here is really where you'll find me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can find me obviously at MBI hockey on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post more frequently on Twitter than Brody does. Uh, it's still yeah. not much. Um, and yeah, obviously follow the, the podcast at odd man rush. Uh, podcast on instagram and twitter and yeah so that is it hopefully you guys enjoyed the uh, second episode of the pod and we'll see you guys next week probably for the central peace